Welcome to Heart Warriors Radio with your very good-looking host, Mr. Jeff Casper, and Ms. Yona Brindis. You can learn more about them by going to the website at transcodes.com. You can learn more about Heart Warriors Radio, and here are some of the older shows we've done at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Jeff and Yona, how are you both doing? Hi there. Hey, doing great. Yeah, definitely glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you for uh, being here, and tonight's topic of discussion is going to be about the California earthquakes. Now, if you, I don't know what your perspective is out there, but I guess if you're um, devoutly, you know, religious, God doing this for the sin, for the people out there, behave, you know, who knows? Maybe that's the perspective. Sorry. <laughs> it's because of those people, that lifestyle. Gay marriage comes to the U.S., that's God. Angry, growling, ah, California earthquake. That's, I don't know. But I imagine that you guys probably have a different perspective. <laughs> Was that your perspective, right? Yes. Gay marriage. God angry. Big one coming. Yeah. I mean, the big one coming, you know, is the topic that we've been talking about since 2012, I think. No, since Yeah, well, ago, yeah, that's true. But ago, since, yeah. since 2012, it's, it's really been more in the foreground. A lot of people have... Visions. A lot of people have uh, uh, this uh, distinct, um, you know, uh, premonition that uh, you know the, the 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 West Coast in the U.S. Uh, is is going to have a big event. You know, the big um, event, not just in California, obviously, but uh, for this whole entire tectonic um, uh, constellation that is there, which would affect the entire West Pacific West Coast. Um, it's very real for people who have premonitions and who have visions all the way to uh, like uh, having this these swaying um, uh, experiences uh, during the um, uh, you know during the day. And uh, I, I've received a text from someone living in LA uh, during the 7.1 a couple of days ago, and she said it's so weird. It feels like you're on a boat and it's swaying. It doesn't feel like a like a normal earthquake. It feels like it's going back and forth and people are getting seasick from it. Um, uh, from my perspective, uh, this is uh, something, you know, that, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm from Iceland. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I grew up with earthquakes and with uh, living. Iceland? Of, there was a lot of earthquakes? Well, the Iceland is the other end of that very mm-hmm. same tectonic uh, uh, movement. It's, yeah. it, it sits right on the where the American and the European Earth plates, you know, where they meet and there they pull apart. Mm-hmm. And in, in, on the Pacific West Coast, they, they crush into another. Okay, so in Iceland, we see uh, kind of the same thing, just kind of like the opposite. So things are pulling apart there and... The, the land is growing, okay? And so, you know, just growing up in this awareness, uh, for me, earthquakes have always been part of, you know, the natural phenomenon, you know, that is going on, understanding a little bit of um, the, the seismo- seismology, you no know, seismology. I don't know how you say that in English. Yeah, so uh, there is no uh, uh, God's wrath involved in that. That is a very scientific um a phenomenon, all right. Um, 
the fact now that it's uh, it's that the people have the feeling that there is something cooking, all right, which uh, can be confirmed by uh, some of the measurements in Yellowstone mm-hmm. um, and uh, everywhere, like in Iceland, they're waiting for the big one as well. So this will all happen at the same time, you know, because when the American plate, when that moves, right, it doesn't just, you know, create a, a problem here on the Pacific West Coast. It also pro- creates a problem on the other end. That's where Iceland sits. All right, so they're all waiting for the big one because it's overdue. All right, um, is this something that uh, is uh, will hit us harder nowadays? Uh, I believe so. You know, because uh, these earthquakes and these uh, movements have always been there, but because we have become so fragile in our infrastructure that we depend on on the stability of so many things and all the constructs, the buildings and so forth that we have. And uh, the amount of people that live around these areas, that is what makes us very vulnerable, uh, especially in California. So it is to be expected, you know, that this will affect a lot of people's lives, not just uh, in, in the drama sense of like uh, uh, this big earthquake coming, but in the sense that things are changing, you know, coastlines are shrinking, um, uh, water levels are rising, um, glaciers are sawing, you know, they're melting. So all these things are real, okay? And they will have an effect. And they will also affect uh, the, the the seismic activity that is there. Mm-hmm. That's a non-brainer, all right? Uh, what you can, you can do if you live in those areas is, uh, you know, with the, what... Uh, we as energy healers uh, recommend uh, people and train people to do anyway is to be present, as present as you can and to uh, really feel in your heart so that you can listen to your inner guidance. See, uh, people who are energetically sensitive, I mean everybody really, but people who are energetically sensitive, they'll uh, be able to interpret this a little more clearly. They will get messages, they will get the message to be at the right time, you know, at the right place at the right time. And this can only happen if you if you are in touch with your inner guidance. You know, if you uh, try to, you know, pretend that everything's normal, and you live your life in your ego reality where you're just trying to maintain status quo and try to hold on to what you would like to see, then um, it's difficult to respond to those kind of things. Well, do you think that these earthquakes could be the physical manifestation of the collective unconsciousness of the people in California, or maybe the animals? Maybe the animals want something to happen. Maybe the animals are not happy that uh, things are out there, so they they want the earth to kind of take aim. Or maybe this is a manifestation of a previous civilization that it maybe all called at one point for California to, to be destroyed. And maybe it's taken years, one years, one years for this thing to finally kick into gear. Um, no, I, I don't go with that. And some people may, but it, it's more there. There's been earthquakes in places where there's no people, you know, for a very long time. So it's it's just the very aspect of where the fault lines lie. You know, I mean, California lies on a major fault line, and Iceland lays on a fault line. The one in California is very tumultuous, and there's been a concern for. As long as we've been recording seismic, you know, seismic activity, 
that something big is going to happen because it could. It's a giant fault line. Um, does that mean anything to do with the California people or other civilizations? No. It's just the very aspect of being on a fault line. And because of the tectonic plates, there is an, they're going to be at some point, there's going to be earthquakes there. And eventually they'll, you know, Hello? Hello? I'm sorry, Jeff, that last part got cut off. Oh. Oh, okay. What What did you lose? The part where you said major cut on the major fault line is going to be cut off. Okay. On the major uh, fault lines. <laughs> well, pe people living on the major fault lines, um, you know, that's a choice, you know, and that doesn't mean that... Um, that they're tied to those fault lines. They just chose to live there. Now, is there a karmic propensity that they could have picked that spot because they need to go through an experience of a giant earthquake? Sure. But it's not anything due to other than it's just a, a natural response that nature has based upon the system we live in, which is tectonic plates pushing up against another. Every once in a while they shift and creates some, some, some interesting situations. So, the way you see it, I mean, I don't know, everyone says that, oh, okay, no shit, predicted there are going to be earthquakes, there are going to be all these calamities and all this stuff. I mean, you always hear that end of day stuff. But what do you guys think? Do you think this this is something to be worried about, or is this kind of the earth just, you know, barfing? Earth burp or something. Well, you really can't do much about it. I mean, the earth, we can't stop earthquakes. I mean, you know, that, that just, they can't stop tornadoes, you can't stop, you know, hurricanes, all this stuff. It's just natural, that's nature. Anytime we attempt to do that, usually it goes quite bad. Um, so it, all you can really do, like Yona was talking about, is you learn to be energetically sensitive, to feel out, is this where I want to be, to, to learn how to calm yourself, learn how to center yourself, especially if there are those kind of situations occurring, no matter if that's an earthquake, if it's a tornado, if it's a hurricane, whatever. You learn how to stay calm. You learn how to stay present so you can act accordingly and not just act, you know, react in a panic situation. Um, by learning to manage your energy, you have a higher potential to, to, one, not only be in the right place, but two, to be able to handle it better, even if that right place happens to be in that um, intense activity. And, Yona, from your perspective, what do you think is going to happen in the future? I mean, as far as these earthquakes and other events go, when you see a earthquake, you see another natural disaster, is there a metaphysical, spiritual component to it? that takes away some of the bad energy in that particular area or kind of restores it, even though there's chaos happening? This is uh, really difficult uh, to put this into context with another because uh, when it comes to um, divine nature, all right, uh, it's uh, something that we as humans, so to speak, uh, barely understand, okay? So for us to, to come up with these explanations is more like a superstition. Now, is there a component, a metaphysical component to why people feel attracted to certain areas? Yes, there's a karmic component, like Jeff already said. You know, but just because, uh, you know, my family and, um, you know, my grandparents and my great-grandparents have lived there, you know, doesn't mean that I'm a bad person, that, I, that I'm attracted to, like a zest pool, all right? It means that there was something in, um, you know, my sole purpose here that I brought with me incarnating on this planet, you know, that uh, predestines me to, to go through a certain experience for my own higher good. 
Now, what's more interesting is people who feel uh, that they are, uh, you know, sort of in the wrong place or that they feel like they're not uh, resonating with with uh, what is going on in a certain geographical location. And that is something that we are feeling right now very strongly all around the world, that people feel like they don't belong uh, where, they're, where they live, that they uh, sometimes also don't feel like they belong to their family. So there's a really strong tendency right now for people to go into comic reconciliation and to out-vibrate this, these uh, 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 karmic attachments that they uh, came into this life with uh, by, um, you know, moving somewhere else or finding a new family, you know, like literally um, through, you know, resonating with other people, sort of forming their own new tribe. The way energetics are going right now on this planet is that they are uh, increasingly speeding up and this happens like literally from one week to the next. And the problem with that is, is that, uh, you know, the people who are um, in this awakening process, you know, they are beginning to see that they're not alone with this and that they're, uh, you know, uh, that this is all becoming fluid now. Like, uh, you know, uh, if you think a few generations back, you were born into a town and, and that's where your family came from and that's where you stayed. Nowadays, uh, this uh, you have a lot more options. And with energetic speeding up, not even physically uh, on this planet, you know, in nature, but in general, uh, people have more options, okay? And this is what we need to focus on. We need to focus on, uh, you know, what we can choose and making better choices. Better as in, uh, not as in good or bad, but better as in more harmonious, more conducive, more life um, promoting for ourselves. Right, the planet, the planet's energies are speeding up, and that is not something that has to do with the the, the wrath of God or anything like that. That has to do with the I, I believe the number of people on this planet, because with the number, with the increasing uh, population, we also have an increasing um, uh, uh, consciousness field here that needs to that you know it needs to evolve. And so uh, with the more people we have and the stronger this impulse comes in, the faster the evolution has to go. And sometimes that uh, leads to, you know, the, uh, sort of like, like an evolution uh, with uh, animal species or um, with plants, you know. Sometimes this leads to some natural selection, you know, where the, the population has to reduce um, uh, because uh, some conditions that were created weren't optimal. And then this uh, event or uh, this development that leads to this reduction then uh, renews everything and then comes sort of an, an upgraded version into play, so to speak. So, you know, the, the, the meaning of uh, California here as, uh, say, driving force in the movie industry and, in, you know, in modern society um, – you know, if you sit there long enough, you can always come up with, with some kind of superstitions about that. But um, if you really just look at it from the larger perspective of the planet and, and the, the look at the age of the planet, it's it has no significance. Yeah. It has no significance whatsoever. Okay. If, if no one lived in California right now, there'd still be earthquakes, you know, and along the timeline, there'd be huge ones or small ones. So it's it's a phenomenon that just occurs. 
and yeah. And it's really the first time in the in the history of humans that we have this uh, sort of long uh, sort of uh, time of expecting it. Okay, we we have all this technology now that can uh, give us these warnings, and we know that this is going to happen. I don't know why, but I mean, everyone. What do you think about the, the religious people who say, "Ah, oh, you know, it's because you did something for Jesus or something"? What, what do you respond to that? I mean, is there any kind of response? Is there any logical response? Say she should just say, "Just, just, just keep drinking your coffee or something." I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on the person. Some people believe that, so if they believe that, then go for it. But it, you know, typically, if someone's saying that to you, that is their viewpoint. It's a viewpoint of a. Um, a deity that is outside of them that can punish us for being bad. And that's typically an outdated view in, in, a, in a metaphysical sense, in a true spiritual sense. Um, a deity that is outside of you that can harm you for being evil or for being bad or for being um, making mistakes is a very old version. So I wouldn't try to tell them that. Um, <laughs> or you'd have some interesting conversations. It's best just to accept that's their view. And, you know, doesn't mean you have to go for it. Yeah. People will always use that. If, when you have views that are based on uh, externalized sources that are typically emotional-based, they're going to take the circumstances that fit and add it in there. Yeah, I still don't understand the whole earthquake thing. I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago who believed the earth was 6,000 years old. And I said, what about dinosaurs? And he's like, that's not, that's just an assumption. They're all, you know, so... I don't know. I guess maybe is it even pointless to convince someone? But if you're if you're on that, no, if you, no. it's not worth it. <laughs> if you're on the path and you really, I mean, is there something that you can actually gain from these these experiences, these natural disasters? I imagine that when these disasters happen—hurricane, earthquake, you know, big fire—a lot of energy gets released. So, is there a way you can actually benefit off it? Can you can you kind of ride the momentum of the energy that's being produced and kind of use it to your advantage? in terms of growth, in terms of evolution, in terms of projecting yourself to a different place? Absolutely. And this is probably the only question that ever matters. In that you are forced to leave your comfort zone, yes. you will have to rethink, you will have to re-feel into the, what is essential for you, what is sacred for you, what your values are, what you truly need, what you truly want. In that, it allows you to really get to the core of who you are and your own integrity. And what it, matters to you. Yeah, it brings out the best in people. Mm -hmm. Crisis brings out the best in people, and uh, anyone, I think, uh, would agree with this if you look back in your life. Um, it is the, the moments of crisis that have propelled you forward, and not the comfort zone. Not, you know, when uh, everything was hunky-dory and... Uh, you you tapped on your own shoulder and, and thought, um, <clears throat> you know, everything is fine the way it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Listen, PR business, I, I, I told you guys a bunch of things where I've had situations with a crisis, and it's terrible, it's stressful, but for some reason, there's a certain, like, yeah. rush out of it. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, it forces you, like Yona said, it forces you to do things differently. You have no choice. You know, if you have no running water, or if your house gets destroyed, or if you go through some version of loss, it forces you to change. It, it makes the ego um, kind of subside a bit because you have to move into what's important. You know, if you go through a really bad crisis and you have choices to make, you you figure out real quick what's what's most to you. Yeah, I mean, first what's it brings the up the ego in its raw form, which yeah. is the survival, you right. know, the self-preservation. But then very quickly, and, and especially if it's a collective 
disaster of some kind. We talked about this before. It also has the potential to to bringing people together. It's it's a very beautiful thing. Unfortunately, you know, it often takes those kind of experiences to bring people together. But uh, that's when people realize how much they are in this together. You know, and how they're not this individualized, segregated, uh, separated um, uh, cog or, or um, you know, part of, of the system. They're all really in the system. We're all in this together. And therefore, it's not really something to be afraid of other than perhaps, I mean, yeah, would I get an earthquake insurance if I lived in California? Uh-huh, I would. You know, just like uh, we live in Florida now and you have a hurricane insurance when you live in Florida. It's the same thing, okay, so that you don't, like, say, lose everything. But if everybody loses everything, you know, it's it's completely different. And you see people really ramping up. You also see people giving up. But that's, you know, in the in the nature of uh, us maturing, evolving, and, and forming resilience. We become stronger through this. So it's something that uh, if we can just uh, look uh, just a step outside of the box and not just see sort of what we can lose, if we can also see how this can actually bring new opportunities. It's like a reset button. It it brings uh, a whole new uh, view on things. It brings new connections for people. Yes, there's also loss involved, but... Oftentimes, it leads people to really growing into the the more true version of themselves, and therefore uh, can bring back meaning and purpose in life. So many people today are um, depressed or anxious um, because they've lost that touch with themselves, with their own heart, and don't see meaning in life anymore. I hate to say it this way, but. Uh, you know, a disaster in somebody's life can, or a crisis, can bring meaning back. I, I hope it. I don't. I rather go about the easy way and the nice, peaceful way. But a crisis, <laughs> happen, have to happen. I agree. It would be, it's, the, yeah. it's the only way it's going to happen. For people, the only way when they're in a crisis. But that's that's the, the the that's the consciousness level. You know, when when a person is very much in touch with their environment and the people around them, when they, when when a person is already connected, all right, with uh, you know where they're at, um, then it will be much more harmonious. So it's the level of connection ultimately that brings people, or that that you know that determines how people experience this, but also that brings people together ultimately, and that can bring, you know, this sense of um, uh, we can do this. All right, we we can form resilience and we can grow through this. So this is. Actually, every study has shown this is the foundation for happiness, is resilience, is that feeling that you can do it, whatever it is, that you can overcome um, uh, obstacles, that you can overcome crisis. That's what makes people happy. So we could throw, you know, the question in the air, you know, is the reason why so many people are unhappy nowadays because we haven't really had enough crisis. (laughs) You know, you could also look at it the other way around. It's a bit harsh, I, I admit, but um, when it comes to uh, like uh, measuring happiness in life, then 
it really comes down to people uh, experiencing that they are able to overcome adverse circumstances. And uh, the way we have uh, sort of built our lives and, and, and with all the conveniences and so forth, uh, there's very little challenge to that nowadays. So we recommend our community to get into the habit of challenging your ego every day, every day. You know, do something that is just a little uncomfortable where, you know, you don't even get into this inertia that makes you become blind to the things that are going on around you. The best tip if, if someone lives in, in areas like that is to have a good connection with neighbors, mm -hmm. you know, with um, uh, everything that, uh, that can make them strong in a time of crisis. That is the best tip. Well, that concludes today's Heart Warriors Radio program. I have to say, this is awesome. And if you are living in an area where the earthquakes are happening, you know, just remember one thing, what we discussed tonight. Jesus hates you! No, I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> everything's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Just, just, <laughs> just get up and dance. Have a good time. I want to thank our amazing, good-looking hosts, Jeff Casper, Yona Brindis. You can learn more about them by going to their website at transcos.com. And I have to say enough. I said, you go to their sites. They do these amazing seminars. It's also well-written things. I think they're very cutting-edge. And you can also see or listen, to, listen to our previous shows by going to outerlimitsradio.com. Jeff and Yona, thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you.